Welcome to the Dinner Party Download. This is your icebreaker. A disheveled looking man uh, walks into a bar and he orders a drink. The bartender says, I'm sorry, sir, but I don't think you can afford it. He says, well, if I uh, show you something you've never seen before, will you give me a drink? The bartender says, sure. So the man pulls out a box and in it is a little hamster. The hamster runs down the end of the bar, gets up on the piano, starts doing uh, Gershwin tunes. Bartender's like, wow, that's amazing. I, I have never seen anything like that. Guy says, uh, if I show you another thing, will you give me another drink? Says, of course. So he pulls out a frog out of the box, and the frog starts singing along. Another guy sees this down at the end of the bar, and he runs up to the disheveled, homeless-looking man and says, I'll give you $300 for that frog. The guy goes, sure, it's a deal. Hands him the frog, and the guy walks out. Bartender says, you, j- you just sold a million-dollar act for $300. The guy says, relax. The hamster's a ventriloquist. I'm Brendan Francis Noonan. I'm Rico Galliano, and from 89.3 KPCC in Los Angeles, this is the Dinner Party Download, the show that helps you win your next dinner party. Our icebreaker this week came from comedian Jed Mayhew. You may also know him from the new roundtable pizza ad. He plays a pepperoni pizza. Thanks, Jed. Later, we'll be talking with our guest of honor, Motown legend Lamont Dozier. But first, let's get this dinner party started with small talk. So Bank of America went to the federal ATM again this week, uh, jet landed safely on the Hudson River, and President Bush said his final goodbye to a nation that was busy watching a jet land safely on the Hudson River. And none of that's going to surprise anyone at your dinner party this weekend. So we spoke to our colleagues at American Public Media to learn about some stories that might. Renita Jablonski, producer for Marketplace, what is your story of the week? Obama's, uh, or I should say, President-elect Obama's old car is on eBay. You can bid on it from now through Inauguration Day. What kind of car is it? A Chrysler 300C, complete with a GPS navigation system, V8, sunroof, chrome wheels. He got rid of it uh, early in the campaign. He leased this thing from 04 to 07, and it seems some Democrats thought this was a little excessive. So uh, he went ahead and bought a 08 Ford Escape hybrid instead. And, and what's really, I think, newsworthy about this is that this will be the only Chrysler sold this year. Ouch! Phyllis Owens, commentary editor for Marketplace. What are you going to be talking about at all the dinner parties you go to this weekend? Well, as you probably know, Burger King has been doing all these crazy promotions. The last one was a fragrance that was meat-scented. Mmm! <laughs> The next one they just finished was a promotion with Facebook, where if you got rid of 10 friends, you got a coupon for a free Whopper. Does Burger King share the same PR team as, like, North Korea? <laughs> ben Adair, senior correspondent for Weekend America, what is your story of the week? More than, more than the actual confirmation hearings for Eric Holder, Obama's pick for the attorney general, what was amazing to me is the reaction to his statement that waterboarding is torture. Everybody is thinking that this is the greatest thing in the world. To me, grass is green, the sky is blue, sugar is sweet, waterboarding is torture. It's amazing how much the Bush administration has led us to appreciate the obvious. Well, as of this recording, the Bush administration is still in power, so Benadere, you're under arrest. (laughs) Oops. And now, time for cocktails. This is where we tell you something that happened this week in history and then give you a fitting drink to serve along with it. It's our Sundance-nominated history lesson with booze. First, as always, the history part. This week back in 1967, Dr. James Bedford died of cancer. Now, unless you keep very special company, the folks at your dinner party will not know who that was or why anyone cares. Thanks to our friend Michelle Philippi, you're about to. Dr. James Bedford is super cool. 
literally. See, he was the first person ever to be cryonically preserved. That's when a body is shot full of chemicals and cooled to sub-zero temperatures. The idea is to revive it way in the future, when we hopefully have the technology to cure anything, including damage from being cryonically preserved. Now, these days, a shot at immortality doesn't come cheap. A company called Alcor charges 150 grand to cool and store your whole body, or 80 grand for just your brain. But back in the 60s, cryopioneers were so desperate for a volunteer, they offered to do the first procedure free. Dr. Bedford apparently thought that was a steal. He died on January 12, 1967, and within hours, his body was sealed in a vat of super cold liquid nitrogen. Cryonicists still celebrate the anniversary. They call it Bedford Day. Even so, the good doctor's not the most notorious patient on ice. Well, at baseball's All-Star Game tonight, there will be a special tribute to 18-time All-Star Ted Williams, who died last week. Just think, though, at future All-Star Games, Teddy Ball Game may be back. Since 2002, the slugger's body has been stored in one capsule at Alcor. Sports Illustrated reports his head is stored in another. As for Dr. Bedford, his body's chillin' at Alcor, too. Of course, even cryonicists say the procedure he got in 67 was so primitive, he's probably irreversibly deceased. But as one of his handlers said, quote, it's like the lottery. You don't know if you'll win. So that was the history lesson. Now it's time for the booze. I'm on the line with Johnny Raglan. He's the bar manager of Absinthe uh, Brasier, the word I always get wrong, in San Francisco. Johnny, uh, you've heard the story of Dr. Bedford. What kind of cocktail does that make you want to make? Well, thematically, it's a kind of a macabre idea. So I did a play on a classic Hemingway cocktail called Death in the Afternoon. Um, so my cocktail is called Death on the Rocks. Oh, perfect. Uh, yeah, the Hemingway cocktail is just a champagne and absinthe, a pretty tasty combination. And so we just wanted to somehow bring that into the frozen clinical death world of Dr. Bedford. Okay. You just want to juice fresh blood oranges and take the juice and fill them into ice trays. Is that a pun too, the blood orange? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, the blood orange is definitely a pun. We've, uh, we freeze that and then uh, put them in a Collins glass or tall glass, fill it with champagne, mm -hmm. and then just uh, about a quarter of an ounce of absinthe on top. Pretty interesting effect of encased blood cubes and uh, the absinthe gives it a bit of a sinister appeal. So the absinthe would uh, is it will be milky, and so it'll create kind of this um, dried ice milky vibe on top of the bloody cubes. Yeah, it kind of smokily disperses through the glass, and yeah, as I said, a very sinister way. And so if I made that at home, that should cost what ninety seven dollars for the. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> that would depend on your absinthe, obviously. I do love St. George, which is a local absinthe up here, and it is kind of pricey retail, but... You know what? You only live once. <laughs> exactly. So, Brendan, absinthe is now legal in America, as a lot of people have. I tried it recently, and it got me drunk like alcohol does. I, I don't see what the big deal is. So you didn't cut your ear off or anything like that? I don't, I don't think so. Did I? <laughs> All right. Well, if you've seen Rico's Ear anywhere, please email us about it. It's, uh, you can get to us at dinnerparty at kpcc.org, and don't send a photo.
Our guest of honor this week is Rock and Roll Hall of Famer Lamont Dozier. He's a record producer, a singer, and of course, with the Holland Brothers, he wrote just about every Motown hit you ever heard, and there were a lot of them. Most of the Supremes hits, most of the Four Tops hits. I could go on and on. Lamont? Yes. We always ask two questions on this show, and the first is, what question are you always asked in interviews that you're kind of sick of being asked? God, uh, what is my favorite song? <laughs> when you got uh, some 78 top 10s and 54 or 5 of those are number ones, you know, think for a minute. How could you pick out of what would be your favorite song? Well, how about we narrow it down for you? Is there a song that you wrote and you're like, this is for sure going to be yet another in my long string of number one hits? <laughs> And, and it, it didn't wasn't. go anywhere? <laughs> what was it? Oh, yeah. It was, and it's still a great feeling. Uh, I'm in a different world. It was done by the Four Tops. That thing still haunts me today. You know, one, I can't figure out why people didn't connect. But it was so catchy. Yeah. I'm in a different world. da 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 It was like really infectious. I, I just couldn't believe why it wasn't. It, I'm almost on the verge of crying when I think about it now. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but, but anyway, it still went to, I think it was about 11 or 12 on the charts. <laughs> a lot of people this say is, that. I don't feel bad for you all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, right. right. All right, so the second question that we ask of everybody on this show is, tell us something we don't know, something that no one at our dinner party is going to know. A lot of people don't know that I started out being a, I used to sell love letters. This is how I got my chops in writing lyrics and things. Selling love letters in junior high. They used to call me the candy man. These are to other students? Yeah, the guys, when they had trouble with their girlfriends, and they'd run to the candy man, and the candy man (laughs) would write them some stuff. A dollar a letter. $2 $2 for a phone call now to disguise my voice and talk to the girl for it. You were like the Cyrano de Bergerac of your junior high. I, maybe a little different. <laughs> your nose is quite normal. Yeah. You know, I used to write letters to my friends' girlfriends too, but instead of paying me, they would just punch me in the face. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't have any friends. (laughs) All right. We've got a much longer cut of Rico's conversation with Lamont Dozier. You can download it on our website. It's dinnerpartydownload.com. So we've met our guest of honor. Now it's time for the main course, our excuse to have fantastic meals, cleverly disguised as a segment in which we learn about food. So, Rico, what are the three most powerful words in the human language? I love you. I love you, too. But no, (laughs) they are Korean barbecue tacos. Now, that food combination is up there with the greats, like macaroni and cheese, peanut butter and jelly, and Led Zeppelin. Mm. Tasty. (laughs) But for some reason, it's never appeared on this planet before Kogi came around. This is a new food truck that you can only find by following their blog or their Twitter feed. The other night, it finally appeared in my neighborhood. What are you guys eating? Uh, I'm eating a uh, the Koji, the... Korean beef taco. It's so good that I forgot what it was called, you know? 
I'm Korean and I love Mexican food, so this is perfect for me. I was kind of worried at first because I thought it might just be like Korean food in tortillas. And I was like, uh, but then I tasted it and it's like way more, it's like way good. I was just walking down the street and I saw a long line for a taco truck, which is something you don't see very often. And I asked somebody in line, what would this many people stand in line for? And he said, Korean barbecue and it will change your life. Can I get your uh, full name? Uh, Mark Mangara. What is your title here at Koji? Oh boy, I guess I'm the founding father of Koji. And when did you find it? I was out with my sister-in-law. We went out. Of course, we got drunk and everything. We came home, and I live in Korea. I'm Filipino, and I'm married into a Korean family. Oh, okay. So I said, wouldn't it be great if someone put Korean barbecue, meat, and a warm corn tortilla? It's outrageous. It's so simple, but it, it's mind-blowing. You're absolutely right. It's, it's a perfect marriage of the society that we live in every single day. We live in a, a Latino, Hispanic community, and Korean barbecue and Korean food is so unplayed right now. Everyone knows Japanese food as teriyaki, everyone knows Chinese food as sweet and sour pork, but no one knows Korean barbecue. People who don't understand Korean barbecue, can you just describe to them what makes it special? Korean barbecue is basically a, a simple marinade of soy sauce, ginger, scallions, a little bit of sugar, a little bit of all these Asian basic ingredients, marinated for 20, 40, 40 hours, cooked on a grill. It's a done deal. Hey, thanks so much yeah, for chatting with me. Of course, my pleasure. What are you guys eating over there? I think I'm eating a chicken taco. What do you think about the prices? Well, I mean, after they make you wait an hour, you're willing to pay just about everything. <laughs> well, you figure probably two blocks that way, crack is $5. $2 for a beef taco is not so bad. But my new fix is beef tacos. So you're saying it's good? That's what I'm saying. In fact, <laughs> when I finally tasted one of these things a little bit later, I started talking to you even though you weren't there. <laughs> Let's listen to the tape. Rico, I'm eating this thing right now. <clears throat> I feel like I feel like I'm eating ambrosia. I think I think if um, you were to tackle Aphrodite and uh, bite her leg, it would taste like this. I feel like I'm climbing into a warm clawfoot tub with bubble bath, and um, I'm watching. I'm have my laptop open. I'm watching all this money fill my bank account. Oh my God. And that's the dinner party download for this week. Embarrassing. It's not embarrassing. It's, <laughs> it's a fine line between embarrassing and charming. <laughs> Thanks to Eve Tro, the KPCC web team, and of course, John Raby and Queen Kim. You can check out their show off-ramp at kpcc.org. We leave you as always with One for the Road. It's a song to listen to on your way to or recovering from this weekend's dinner party. From A.C. Newman's new album, Get Guilty. The song is called There Are Maybe 10 or 12. Bon Appetit. There are maybe 10 or 12 things I could teach you. After that, well, I think you're on your own. And that wasn't the opening line. It was the 10th or the 12th. Make of that what you will. Make of that what you will. I'm Rico Galliano. And I'm Brendan Francis Noonan. Go Steelers. And I guess I'm supposed to say something about the Eagles. No, you don't have to say anything if you're not an American. I'm not an American. I work in public radio. <laughs> <laughs>